When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Football 24-7. He's John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. First and foremost, before we get too deep into the content, you guys, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And also, make sure you you guys are commenting below, especially if you're watching this after the fact. We appreciate all people who watch it live, and if you're watching this on your own time, because that's where we are right now. We're in the digital age. Watch what you want on your own time. Do as you please. And listen, you know, we, you know we got what you need, you guys. And also on top of that, if you want more from John McMullen, if you're an avid reader of his content, you know where to find him. You can find him on sportsillustrator.com. That's si.com. But also you can find him on jkibsports.com, J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Now, John, now that I've gotten the pleasantries out of the way, how are you doing today, my friend? Uh, doing well. Uh, it's uh, we're nearing the stretch. Uh, tone to Shields. We uh, had a couple practices over the weekend. We saved that for you until today. You know, people down the shore and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then tomorrow, joint practice with the Indianapolis Colts. Technically, the last training camp practice of the year. The last open practice completely open practice of the year uh for reporters so then the eagles can really get to work behind closed doors i think that's what they're waiting for (laughs) yeah absolutely you know we haven't really seen too many uh we haven't seen too much nuance uh with this team especially in the preseason but i mean what team is really showing you uh all they can do right um but you know i'm curious to know over the weekend like you said Two practices back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. I'm curious to know, 
Uh, what were some of your observations over the weekend? Uh, what stood out to you on the offensive side of the <clears> ball, <throat> the defensive side, special teams, uh, so on and so forth? Well, I think the biggest story was on Saturday. Hmm. Um, you know, the Eagles showed up for practice after the the preseason game. Um, and all the injuries, there were a number of low-level roster moves, the, the most notable being uh, Zach McPherson being waived injured. Uh, all those guys, Tyree Cleveland, Noah Ellis uh, and Zach cleared waivers. So they revert to the Eagles IR list. But so that's sort of some of the bookkeeping. But, you know, the surprising thing was Justin Evans showing up and getting the vast majority of the first team reps at safety opposite uh, Reed Blankenship. First time that would have been the 13th practice of the summer open uh, to reporters. First time Justin Evans got the majority of the first team reps. And on Sunday, Sean Desai spoke. So that was the first question. Um, and it was asked by me. And the first four questions were asked about the safety position as a whole. And he kept saying, that's the plan. That's the plan. I have a very hard time believing the Eagles came into the summer and said, Ah, we're going to rotate Terrell Edmonds. We're going to rotate Kayvon Wallace. We're going to rotate Sidney Brown. And then on day 13, we're going to put in Justin Evans. I mean, that doesn't hold water, as they say. So to me, it indicates continued uncertainty. And just as you're whittling, this is when you're supposed to whittle things down. Right. Cutdown right. day is a is a week from tomorrow. Uh, that's the cutdown day to 53. Um, this is supposed to be when you're whittling things down, not expanding the search. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. By Sunday, it was a little back to normal. Terrell Edmonds got most of the first team reps, but all four, all four Edmonds, uh, Kayvon Wallace, Justin Evans, Sidney Brown got some first team reps. So that to me was the most interesting thing over the weekend. Really quickly, John, it's funny you say that. Uh, I was reading your article, right, on SI.com, and you had a quote that really stood out to me. You said, there's competition and then there's confusion. There's open-mindedness and then there's this, and, and then there's indecision. Walk me through, you know, what went through your mind as you were writing this article. And, you know, for obvious reasons, we, like you said, they're clearly doing a lot of movement with that safety position um, next to Reed Blankenship. And it doesn't really show that anyone's really standing out or some, it's not really showing that there's anyone back there that they trust outside of Reed. But, you know, walk me through how this, you know, how this piece uh, of yours came to be. Well, it's because, you know, and a lot of it has to do with Reed because, you know, I closed that same piece pointing out the very existence of Reed Blankenship tells you somebody can seize the position. I mean, Reed's been there from day one. He's taken every first team rep uh, when he's out there at the other safety position. So this hemming and hawing at the second safety position that the Eagles say is planned Come on, the existence of Reed Blankenship proves it isn't planned. Hmm. Um, if someone takes the position, someone takes the position. And that's what you want 
And the Eagles obviously haven't gotten that. And, and we're at August 21st. Now, you can look to last year, the same thing. Anthony Harris was the starter up to August 30th. And then when they made the trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he was off the team. He was off the 53-man roster, eventually brought back on the practice squad. But you get the point. Um, You know, this is not – the fact that nobody has seized the position is not uh, a positive positive development. So what's your expectation at this point, right? Like you said, C.J. G.J. was brought in on August 30th. So – this, this Eagles team, Harry Roseman, has typically never really left a stone unturned, maybe when it comes to the linebacker position. But but for the most part, he always seems to uh, keep his eyes and ears close to the waiver wire. So um, are there any players that maybe you noticed um, over the past few weeks that maybe the Eagles can probably uh, point to to probably add to this safety room? Or as a matter of fact, I'll put it to you this way. Are there any players who are currently on the roster right now at safety position who you think don't really have a shot in the dark at this uh, at this starting role next to Reed Blankenship. Well, I think um, I think Kayvon is is falling back a little bit. Okay. I think it's really a three man race uh, between um, uh, Terrell Edmonds, Justin Edmonds, Sidney Brown. Um, Justin Edmonds being the sort of the wild card. Hmm. Um, I think you know he's regarded as more of a coverage player and that's typically what the big banjo defense wants in safeties what cj gardner johnson was and is um sydney brown's more of a box safety terrell edmonds more of a box safety at least in the case of their previous existences terrell in pittsburgh sydney in college at illinois so they're kind of learning how to play uh, post safety. Um, so I think that factors into it. Ultimately, they want to get to Sidney Brown. We all know that. How quickly right. can, can they get there? Um, I don't know. Week one might be a little bit iffy, but you know, I've said there's, there's something, there's some merit to throwing him into the deep end of the pool and saying, go swim young man. And, understanding he'll make some mistakes but we talk about startup costs all the time you know that would be the time if you look at their schedule you can probably afford some mistakes and still beat some of those teams early on the schedule and maybe later you can't afford those mistakes so maybe you want to get them out of the way um you never want to be uncertain. But, you know, the ironic thing is I think they're pretty deep at safety. I think they have a lot of good backup safeties. The problem mm-hmm. is do they have good starting safeties? That I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's funny because you have so many guys that are, like you said, they're back. They're at best maybe backup safeties. And you got some guys back there who are relatively unproven. Uh, a guy like Reed Blankenship showed you some things and in, uh, in his rookie year, but still like what's his ceiling per se, right? You know, how, how, how far can he, how successful can he really be? And then you got a guy in Sydney Brown, who's sort of a project a little bit, like you said, sink or swim. Uh, then you got a guy in Justin Evans, who's been around the league a little bit, battled injuries, um, but hasn't, has kind of fallen out of favor 
um, in the NFL, he's, and he's trying to redeem himself. Terrell Edmonds was in a situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, was a four-year, five-year starter there, fell out of favor. Um, now he's in Philadelphia. So it's a, it's a lot of guys. And then Kevon Wallace, right? He's been on this team for three or four years. I believe he's in a contract year. He's, he has a lot riding on the season as well. So you have a lot of guys who are really uh, battling uh, for, you know, you know, for, you know, for a big situation, you know, for a big paycheck. And you would like to think that that kind of circumstance will kind of the cream will rise, the cream will rise at the top. But obviously, Sean Desai and those guys, they're, they've been rotating so many different guys. No one's clearly been able to separate themselves. Yeah, man, you know, you can also look at it from the linebacker position. You know, Zach Cunningham's only been here for, you know, a week and a half or whatever. But he's shown you a lot already. Yeah, and he has, and he separated himself. He's sort of taken the lead. So, you know, the fact that you started training camp in late July and you're now here and and we're into late August – and you're trying to sell that, oh, this was the plan. I mean, nobody's buying that. Uh, what happened is nobody's standing out. And, you know, Jody brought up an interesting point this morning on Birds 365. He said, right. the Eagles are so obsessed with competitive advantage. Like I said, it, I personally, and they are, and Nick Sirianni, you know, they could be waiting for us to leave, and by us, I mean the reporters. Um, and bang, Terrell Edmonds is the starting safety. Oh, so you, so Jody's um, implying they've already really made their decision. Yeah, they're just waiting for you guys to kind of, you know, yeah, you know, we you know, we, for, you know, for we a competitive advantage standpoint. Okay, but right. but All but right. the reason <laughs> the reason the reason I'm not buying that is like you said in your article. Watch what they do, not what they say. Yeah. The reason, you know, Zach Cunningham, they're not hiding that. Cam Jurgens, they're not hiding that. They I mean, might not say it, but they're not it's hiding. It's kind of hard it. not to hide. It's kind yeah. of hard not to hide Zach, right? I mean, he, um, that linebacker room is not not the sharpest. Um, so, you know, they're not hiding these things at other positions where hmm. there was supposed to be competition. So, yeah, I'm still defaulting to they don't know. They don't know which way they want to go hmm. opposite Reed Blankenship. And, you know, sometimes you just got to make a decision. And, you know, guess what? Week one rolls around and insert name doesn't play well. You can play somebody else the next week. You know, but, yeah. you know, make a decision and get prepared. Start, you know, getting that name prepared for the regular season. I mean, you bring up a good point. Like they've clearly began to make their decision at linebacker. Obviously, Nicobe Dean. Uh, they've invested a they've invested a lot of time into him, and then Zach Cunningham. They brought him in, but he's already began to uh, separate himself amongst you know other guys as well. You know that brings me to the outlook of this linebacker position with the Philadelphia Eagles because uh, Miles Jack uh, decided to retire. He decided to call it a career. Um, you know. Walk, walk me through what led to that. You know, what were you seeing uh, that may have added to him being able to make it? What made this decision easy for him? I guess I guess I'm asking. Well, I don't know if it's ever easy, but I, I think it was pretty clear he wasn't going to make the football team. So, mm. I mean, okay. from that standpoint, um, you know, uh, Miles, when we talked to him, when he signed, he said, 
you know, he had one foot in retirement to begin with. Um, he admitted he wasn't sure if anybody was going to call. He admitted he was, you know, thinking about learning a trade because he wanted to stay busy. Um, you know, he's made a lot of money. He doesn't have to work, but he wants right. to work, all that kind of stuff. Preparing for the zombie apocalypse, which is <laughs> one of the all-time great quotes. Um, so, you know, I think he just saw that was the whole plan of how he signed signed them both, Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack, see if one of them has something left. Mm. And I think the Eagles might have hit it with Zach Cunningham. And, you know, Miles is, is – Christian Ellis was always going to be here because he's a good special teams player. And that's become even more important uh, now that they've lost both Sean Bradley and Zach McPherson. Um, and Nicholas Morrow has been okay. As Yeah, you know. that's funny you say he, he – Morrow hasn't – sometimes sometimes it's good when we don't hear your name. You know what I mean? Like I haven't really yeah. heard – his name in preseason games. And that, is, that doesn't mean he's, you know, uh, making the best of plays, but it also means he's not making himself into a liability, right? Yeah, he's been solid in practice as well. Um, and, you know, there's some roster hijinks that's going to go on next Tuesday with bested veterans. Um, he's, a, he's a bested veteran, so, you know, you can kind of play the game Moro Jomo, for instance, is, is, you know, in concussion protocol. You probably don't want to cut him. You probably want to go heavy um, on the defensive line, uh, defensive front. Uh, I'd like to make things specific because they have so many good players up front. Right. Um, and you can keep, say, a Jomo on the 53 do a wink wink with somebody like Nick Morrow or could be Rick Lovato, the long snapper and say, all right, Rick, Nick, we need the roster spot. Uh, we're going to bring you back. You don't have to go through waivers. So you don't have to worry about other teams plucking them. Um, and they never leave basically the building and you just resign him when he can put a Jomo on IR because remember, if you go on IR before the cut to 53, you're done for the season. So that's mm -hmm. why you have to do that juggling. So um, if he makes the initial 53, then you can put him on IR the next day. He's only got to miss four games, and then you can re-sign insert name. So you're going to see some of that as well. Okay, yeah. A, a, a lot of moving and shaking by Harry Ruesman. Um you know, this linebacker position, you know, we talked about Nicholas Morrow and we briefly brought up Christian Ellis. He's been he's been a presence uh, during this preseason. You know, he's had some plays. He has some he has some 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 nice series uh, where he made an impact being in pass coverage of uh, being in being, being in us uh, uh, sniffing out a screen pass. Uh, also in defending the run as well. You know, he, he he's been making making some waves a little bit. Uh, do you think there's any way Christian Ellis can make a push? Towards Zach Cunningham, or do you think Zach Cunningham kind of has this thing in the bag? All he has to do is just kind of maintain and tread water. I think, you know, I think he's got a big lead, but I don't think the door is shut. Mm. Um, you know, I think, and the Eagles don't really value preseason games, so I'm not going to go there. Uh, right. But if he plays well against Indianapolis tomorrow, uh, it may be um, – 
all of a sudden, Zach Cunningham kind of falls apart, not only in practices we do see, but practices we don't see. Right. Um, there's a little bit of an opening, but uh, if you had to bet, if you had to bet on it, you're if probably... I had to bet on it, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going Zach Cunningham at this point. Um, okay. And and he's been getting the majority of the first team reps on both Saturday and Sunday after the game, the vast majority. So Kristen's been mixing in, even Nick Morrow's been mixing in a little bit because that's how Sean decide does it. But um, he's gotten the vast majority. So clearly much clearer than safety say. Understood. I want to jump over to the defensive line, you know, Jalen Carter, I just keep hearing this man's name and, you know, obviously Nolan Smith is dealing with the shoulder and they kind of held him out, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from practice. So they're trying to chair lightly with him. But, you know, when it comes to this defensive line, specifically uh, Jalen Carter, you know, what have you seen from him over the weekend that's continuing to prove why he was drafted where he was drafted? Yeah, I mean, I, he's just I, – I've talked about it a lot. He's just different from a physical standpoint. I mean, he's a he's a big guy who can move. And, you know, that's a, um, that's a nice combination. And he's just got a natural ability to, to rush the passer from inside, from the interior. Lane Johnson compared him to Geno Atkins um, uh, the other day. And for those who don't know, Geno was, I don't know, four-time all-pro, all-decade player in Cincinnati. Um, just one of those guys who um, was really difficult to block, but he was kind of undersized. He's, you know, 6'1", 300, a little bit, actually 290 they probably gave him. He was an undersized player. Jalen Carter's got those kind of movement skills, but he's like 320, mm. um, and he's taller. Um, he's just really gifted, I mean. I've said it from day one. He's the best player in the draft. He's um, he's different, um, and he's tough to deal with. That's what, that's what Dallas Goddard said. Dallas said he had to block him twice, and all he said is that dude's going to be a problem. Is basically what he said. Um, he's he's you know there's certain guys. I I don't want to go Aaron Donald because Aaron right, Donald right. is one of the best players of all time, defensive players, but. Um, there's certain guys. Akeem Hicks is a guy people might not remember, but he was unblockable. Gino was unblockable. He's got the chance to be that. Um, I don't know. I know Cowboy fans have been throwing up that one uh, clip where he got triple teamed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... look, for these people who pick and choose these clips, like everybody from. Aaron Donald to Lawrence Taylor to Reggie White. There are plays where they got put on their ass uh, because this is the NFL. Not often. And you usually got to double or triple team them, but it's all about balance and leverage and all that kind of stuff. Um, these are all big, powerful people. Um, when, when Jalen figures it out, you know, get some sort of veteran savvy. That's when you're going to see him really take off. But he's so gifted. I think he's going to be impactful as a rookie. 
And, you know, that's the silver lining. Fletcher Cox been out the past couple days um, with some knee soreness. So he's getting more reps with the first team. As you mentioned, Reddick's out with the thumb surgery. Smith's out um, with the shoulder. So he's even getting some reps outside. Um, you know, it all helps. But he's going to be a really good player. Uh, it's just a matter of how quickly he gets there. You know, mentioning all these injuries, we're already beginning beginning to see them pile up more than we have in comparison to last year's training camp. How we told you it was coming. And you know, it, it, you're right. And obviously, this is something you can't really legislate. This is something you can't really account for, right? You can't control or try to dictate when injuries happen. There's a lot of luck involved. Not many teams have all 22 starters ready and available for the Super Bowl, right? So taking all of that into account, how how much more important is roster depth this season, and you know how much pressure or you know, how much pressure is on these young guys to really be able to show and prove uh, how valuable and how impactful they can be, knowing that that injury bug can hit you at any given time. Well, it's always important, um, but you know, I I think the biggest thing is, and Doug Peterson used to talk about this a lot, is to not have. Um, multiple injuries at one position that's mm-hmm. when you really get uh banged up so a lot of people are talking about backup quarterback look you don't want the backup quarterback to play it's like every other uh position you, you know lane johnson actually jack driscoll is pretty that's a pretty good nfl backup but that's a significant downgrade from lane johnson right um you know the Eagles have tremendous depth on the defensive front, as I talked about. But you don't want Nolan Smith playing because Hassan Reddick is hurt. And you sure as hell don't want um, Derek Barnett playing because Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith are hurt. Hmm. But it's great depth. You know, so it's get, get, it, it kind of depends how you look at it. Um but, yeah, I mean, the farther you go down, Marlon Tui-Pelotu is a good player who people may not realize. But, you know, and and a lot of people talk about them bringing in Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue last year because Jordan Davis was hurt. Well, it, it was because Jordan Davis and Marlon Tui-Pelotu were hurt. Right. Um, he was part of that as well. Um and then somebody like Contavious Street, I say all the time, I can't find a spot for him. And he's a legit NFL player. Um, Patrick Johnson is back. Um, he's a legit NFL player. You might not have room for these guys, depending, you know. I'm a little worried about Nolan Smith, though, with his shoulder. Um, Walk me through that, because he says something uh, interesting, I believe, when you guys asked him about it. Uh, he says something along the lines of, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that I don't think is ever going to be perfect or be right. Yeah, so something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, and he, came, and he said it was related to his pack injury, which cost him, um, you know, a lot of his senior, a lot of his last season in Georgia. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he's an undersized guy. And he's saying, and he's very honest, obviously, probably 
to the detriment. The Eagles probably didn't want him to be that honest, but he's like, yeah, this is a problem. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he'll learn. He'll learn. <laughs> well, but he's telling the truth. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess you can't argue so, with the truth. I mean, you can lie, but it's not going to say it's not going to make it not a problem. So that's why I'm a little bit concerned because he said it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, and he's not the biggest guy in the world. And if it is a problem, you know, some of these offensive linemen are going to try to get their hands on him and, you know, push that shoulder a little bit. I know you're not a doctor, John. And the last thing I want from you is to pretend that you're a doctor, right? But you've covered this game for a while. And you've had the opportunity to interview a lot of players and players that have dealt with a plethora of injuries, right? In your humble experience uh, covering the NFL, um, has there ever been any other player that you've covered maybe on the defensive line or just on defense in general that have dealt with nagging shoulder injuries? And if so, um, based off your conversations with them, what have they done to kind of try to alleviate that? Is it putting on more muscle, putting on more mass? Um, you know, again, I know you're not a doctor and I don't want you to pretend to be, but you know, I, 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 really, I really want to pick your brain about if, if, if you've heard or seen anything similar to this. Well, I don't know the exact problem. I mean, it, that it, not a defensive player, but a guy who's been going through it the last few years is Dalvin Cook, who plays who played with a harness on his shoulder um, and um, was a pretty good player with mm-hmm. the harness. And he just got surgery this offseason to try to make sure it doesn't um, separate anymore, uh, try to take care of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those kinds of things happen all the time. When you when you hear the word degenerative, it's interesting. We were just talking about Miles Jack. There were a lot – Miles Jack, if you go back and remember, um, a lot of people had him as a top 10 pick coming out um, of UCLA. Right. Um, and he had a degenerative degenerative knee condition. So did Josh um, Sweat, right, coming out of Florida State? Well, Josh, a little bit. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Josh had a, a really, really difficult injury when he was a senior in high school to the point they were almost had to amputate his leg. Um, so um, he was just even sort of like Teddy Bridgewater's injury for people that remember that. Um, that was really serious. Um, but in Miles's case, 
this would have been his eighth year. So people are saying, well, he could only play maybe two or three years. That's why he dropped to, he was, he went in the thirties. Um, and he ended up playing seven years and he was fine. He played all the time. He was very durable. So, you know, it's all, it's all a crapshoot. As much as doctors say, they look at things and they give their recommendations and, what the Eagles do, and I think they do, and this is the way you should do it, the Eagles generally make good decisions. I give them credit. When people say red flag, like DK Metcalf was an example of this, because uh, people, oh, the Eagles didn't take DK Metcalf. The Eagles red flag DK Metcalf. What that means is a lot of teams did, but, um, and he's another guy who's an instance, and, and he's been fine. So there's an example where there were a lot of medical uh, people around the league saying you can't take DK Metcalf at the top of the draft, and he's been fine. Um, so they're not perfect either. There's no way of predicting this stuff. But um, when the Eagles red flag somebody, that means a lot of teams take people off their board, say we're not drafting that kid. The Eagles say – we're not thinking about that particular player until day three. Mm. So, you know, if DK Metcalf would have gotten to day three, they would have considered him. Um, but, you know, there's a cost benefit with some of these injury um, concerns. And, you know, Nicobe Dean is another guy. I should have brought him up because he fell. Most people had Nicobe as a second round pick from a talent standpoint. Um, some even had him as a bridge pick. Um, between the first and second round, obviously the Eagles aren't taking an off-ball linebacker in the first round. but um, And he had a degenerative shoulder condition, according to some teams, including the New York Giants, who admitted it in public. Um, and... That's why he fell a little bit. But the Eagles looked at him. It didn't red flag him and took him in the third round. Um, so, you know, some doctors, not all doctors agree. You know, before we jump to the offense side of the ball, final question on defense. You know, aside from, aside from obviously, the, the injuries, you know, that have been piling up, and aside from the inexperience on the defense side of the ball, what do you think is the largest concern? Oh, matter of fact, let me ask you like this. What concerns you the most when it comes to this 2023 Eagles team, aside from, obviously, the injury bug and uh, the inexperience on the defensive side of the ball? Um, Say that again. What concerns me most about the team? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I am kind of deviating from the defense side of the ball. Um, what what because I, I want I want to, I want to bridge over to the offense. But what concerns you the most about this team aside from the defense side of the ball? Because the defense has been the talk of the town all off season, right? The inexperience, the, of a bunch of new faces on that side, the players they've lost. You know what's what concerns you the most about this team aside from the defense? Um, depth on the offensive line. Okay. Um, and age. Because, you know, as much as Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey, he's 35 years old. You know, 
talked about it with Tom Brady for years. Father time gets everybody, you know, and Jason's doing a good job of bending that off. Lane Johnson's uh, 33. Um, and Lane's been healthy, but Lane's had a lot of injuries. You know, luckily, um, that it seems that his reconstructive ankle surgery has cleaned that up, cleared that up. But, you know, he's a six foot six, 325 pound guy, um, carrying a lot of weight. You see some of that. I saw Joe Thomas. You wouldn't, Joe Thomas last week was in with the Browns, Hall of Fame left tackle, one of the best of all time. He's maybe 225, 230, you know. Um, a lot of guys tend to lose weight after their playing days because it's really difficult on their bodies. Uh, Brandon Brooks right here. I mean, Brandon played at 330. He went down to like 240 to rehab for his Achilles injury um, and then went back up. Um, yeah, he looked like a bodybuilder when he got down um, to about 240, 245. Um, and I've seen it before. The last year of Doug Peterson, um, Andy Reid, um, we had multiple injuries on the offensive line. And you can't replace, you can't replace Lane. We've already seen it. The Eagles yeah. stink when Lane Johnson's off the field. They never lose. They never lose when he's on it. Obviously, I'm being facetious, but right. they win a I mean, lot. I mean, the numbers stated. Yeah, they, they, they're significantly better when Lane Johnson is playing. It's really yeah. just that simple. Yeah, they win a heck of a lot when he's on the field. Right. And yeah. There's no more Andre Dillard. Cam Jurgens was a great backup. Now he's a starter. Um, and now your best backup is Jack Driscoll. And your probably second best backup is Tyler Steen as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And then where do you go from there? So that uh, uh, Landon Dickerson has a history. He's got two torn ACLs yeah. um, from his college days. Last year was banged up. This year he already got banged up with the foot. I got stepped on, so it's not serious, but um, they don't have the guys to replace those guys. And so if there's multiple injuries on the offensive line, that would, that could derail a very good team. Yeah. Melada is another guy who's battled injury uh, over the past couple of seasons. I think he's, I think he had to deal with a a shoulder last year of trying to make a tackle uh, in that Jacksonville game. So, you know, when you really go up and down his offensive line, you know, as talented as all these guys are, when you really put it into perspective and really consider the history, uh, it's it's just as just as easy, just as well as things can go right for this team, things can fall off the cliff rather quickly if you start to lose one or two many one too many of those guys on that line. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's happened before. Yeah, we've seen it four eleven and one. We've seen that. You know, one of the reasons, <laughs> you know, Nick Sirianni jokes about it with Shane Steichen coming in tomorrow. I mean, Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, that's typically what you get when you're a first time head coach. You go into a roster, in the case of Jonathan, um, it's maybe the worst roster in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, certainly in the conversation in the case of Shane, I think their defense is pretty good, but right. other than 
Taylor, and obviously, you know, they have a rookie quarterback who's got tremendous talent, but um, there's going to be some issues there. And Taylor wants to get traded now, so he's gotten permission uh, to seek a trade. No, hashtag no for Eagles fans. <laughs> um, not you already, you already know Eagles fans so well, John. Yeah, <laughs> they want every, yeah. they want everybody on the roster. Yeah, hashtag no. Cost too much money. Plus, you got to give up significant assets. Mm -hmm. you, you really think the Eagles are going to do that at that position? Um, ain't happening. Uh, so, those are typically the situations you get as a first-time head coach. Nick came into a team with a really good offensive line that just was injured the year prior, and all of a sudden they got healthy. Yeah, um, and a really good defensive front. And that's usually the exact opposite of what you get when you take over a bad football team. Um, the Eagles issue, they had to replace the, the skill position players, and they were able to do it. Um, it's tough to replace those those lines. And Nick, Nick knows he got lucky. Uh, he talks about it all the time. Yeah, most most coaches don't come in, you know, with your trenches kind of pretty much uh, ready made. Now, did they make little tweaks on the uh, defensive side? You know, replacing Avery with uh, Hassan Reddick, and you know, uh, replacing uh, and Eric Wilson with uh, you know T.J. Edwards, and you know, uh, you know, replacing Singleton with uh, Kazir White. You know what I mean? They they they've had to you know mix and match a little no, bit. but I'm not talking about ball. linebackers. I'm talking right. about Fletcher and no, no, you're right. No, you're right. And, you're right. There was definitely some foundational pieces there that he walked yeah. into that a lot of guys like Arthur Smith, right, that didn't really have a solid foundation in Atlanta. Um, you know, even Robert Still doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, staying on the offensive side of the ball for the birds, right, you know, uh, over these past couple of days of training camp, uh, I'm hearing Jalen Hurts had one of his better days. And again, you and I are not really into the whole stat talk and training camp, but walk me through what you saw from Jalen Hurts and, uh, you know, were you impressed? You know, you know, it, it, what was it? Was it per usual? You know, just walk me through your observations of Jalen Hurts and how he conducted our offense over the past couple of days. Well, he was, he was, he was rock solid on Sunday. The ball barely hit the ground, but you know, Sunday to me was, it was an AJ Brown day. I mm. mean, AJ showed up. And yeah, you mentioned in your article that him and Bradbury were kind of having a, a decent yeah. back and forth. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, I said I I they were on the, the field closest to uh Patterson Avenue, which is the one uh we can get the closest to when we're watching practice. AJ, I think he caught the first three passes in team drills, bang, bang, bang. And every single one of them. Bradbury was right there. I mean, it was the example. I hate that cliche. That's why I wrote about iron sharpening iron. <laughs> but this was a perfect example of it. AJ, he had one of the most, all I could describe it as, one of the most violent comeback routes I've, I've ever seen. And what I mean by that, he put his foot in the ground and just ripped back to the football. Mm. Like, you know, he's a tremendous athlete and his size and his, it was just violent. And James was right there in his head, but perfect throw that body caught the football, um, similar, um, 
on the next two plays. James was right there. And it was a perfect example of really good players helping themselves get better. Um, so that stood out to me on Sunday. Um, and yeah, when AJ wants to go, man, oof, uh, it's tough to stop. Yeah, we saw in that Titans game, you know, when he when he's highly motivated, he knows how to uh, take it to you for sure. You know, it, it makes me think about, you know, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, right? You know, the two staples uh, in that wide receiver room. You know, I'm curious, you know, what's well, – what do you think is the next step for these two guys? I mean, A.J. Brown seems like he is in the stride of his prime right now. Devontae Smith, I personally don't think he's even reached his prime yet. I mean, he's only in, in his third year in the NFL. But, you know, it's it's just – I, I watch these two guys play. I see how they conduct themselves at the position, how they conduct themselves as professionals. And just the, 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 there's just the, the pure talent, the pure skill, the technique they play the game with. Um, the fact that they catch the ball with their hands, they're not body catchers, right? You know, what do you what do you think is the next step for these two guys? Because AJ said he thinks he thinks he's getting faster. What do you think is the next uh, step for these two guys uh, as a tandem? Yeah, he's gotten bigger, if that's possible as well. Um, he's 26, um, AJ, and Devontae's 24. Wow. Um, I mean... They're already the the most talented duo the Eagles have ever had at the receiver position. Um, Yeah, I I mean, they might be the best duo in the NFL. They're in the conversation. Uh, Certainly, you could talk about Hill and Waddle. Um, There's there's a couple other ones. Cincinnati with Chase and Higgins. I mean, uh, but they're in the conversation. I mean, they're just really good. And that's another, you know, depth issue. But when you have players like that, you can't have, you know, like earlier in the offseason, but we'll go get DeAndre Hopkins. That's not how it works. I mean, and that's when you talk about health. They got to stay healthy. But if they stay healthy, they're really, really good. And if you lose one of them, you got to go down to Quez Watkins, Alameda Zacchaeus were solid players, but yeah, they're not AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. So um, it's a big part of it. Had that goofy and I brought it up and I'm bringing it up again. I want to punch myself in the face for doing it. That goofy James Jones comparing Justin Fields to. um, I'm I'm, I'm glad, but Jalen hurts. But my point is, I can't put this down really quickly. Um, I'm pleased and I'm angry you brought that up. How put it, I put it you that way because how, how low have we gotten that we're comparing? How, how lowly do we think of Jalen Hurts if we're comparing him to Justin Fields? And I don't mean any disrespect to Justin Fields, but I've seen him play. I've seen Jalen Hurts play. How lowly can we think of a guy to compare him to a guy in Chicago? Like, seriously, come on. Well, it's not about Chicago. It's, not, it's just about you know, where Justin Fields is in his career. I think he's been hurt by being in Chicago because I think they have a bad organization or have had. I know Ryan Poles trying to uh, turn things around. And he tore it down to the studs. Um, You know, I got to see that game last year. I was in Chicago. I mean, I joked about it at the time with my buddy Mike Kay. You know, you you could time his processing skills with a sundial. 
I mean, he was afraid to throw the football. Now, part of that, and people bring it up, and Jody's a big Justin Fields fan, so he does. And I was actually a big Justin Fields fan coming out. Um, and they did a did him a disservice um, for not building up around him last year. Um, and and who knows? You know, I I said, you know, I think it was James Jones who said it. Yeah, um, Green Bay uh, wide receiver. Yeah. Yep. Very good receiver. Um, I I don't know why it's so hard. You know, there are a lot of players who are gifted physically. Justin Fields being one of them. Um, doesn't mean they're going to be good football players. He's very gifted physically. And that's what James was trying to say. You know, he's probably got more raw talent than Jalen Hurts. That's fair to say. But he's not even close as a football player. Uh, and I'll probably never get close. Um, and the compare the two right now is ludicrous. And then to blame him, oh, he's got A.J. Brown, he's got Devontae Smith. I don't like that. I can't, I can't stand what do, you, what do you want him to do? Say, oh, no, don't. I, I, that's dumb to me. I mean, there's – there's. You're there, blaming way, a guy for having a competent GM. That's way, way, way too many NFL fans boil everything down to quarterback versus quarterback to begin with. And then they only want to talk about supporting cast. There's a lot of ways to win a football game. You know, a lot of ways to win a football game. Um, Kansas City, you could argue, won the Super Bowl with a special teams play. Um, to be honest, that's where the game tilted. Um, and people talk about, you know, the defense and this and that. They won the game on that punt, um, to be honest. And then maybe, you know, the ticky-tack pass interference call certainly helped, or hurt um, the Eagles. But, you know, Bradbury admits it's a foul. I'm not going to argue with him, and he did. Um, so... Anyway, yeah, I, I I hesitate to bring it up, but the point of the supporting cast is, you know, Jalen Hurts elevates people as well, you know, especially the running game um, by manipulating the spacing for the running backs and affecting the defense. And, yeah, A.J. and Devontae are great um, but so was Jalen Hurts. Right. And it's, it's no accident. They both had career years uh, in the midst of him having a career year for himself. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I believe me, I think Eagles fans are over the top when people say, I'd rather have Joe Burrow or I'd rather have Josh Allen or I'd rather have Justin Herbert. Those are legitimate conversations. Those are great players. And you can make arguments uh, for and against. Those are legitimate arguments. Justin Fields was one one of the worst passing quarterbacks in the NFL last season. I mean that that one is a bridge too far. Um, maybe he improves. He's got a long way to go to even be in that conversation. Especially being in Chicago, I mean, look, the reality, the fact of the matter is, you know, you have some quarterbacks that come out of college and they have so much raw talent that some organizations believe that they can carry the organization, right? 
And then you got some guys who maybe weren't as highly touted. Maybe they don't have as uh, as many raw abilities. But if you put the pieces around them, they can make the most of it. Kind of like a guy like Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a talented quarterback. Let's not get it twisted. But, you know, like you said, there are just some quarterbacks who just have these raw abilities. um, But that doesn't automatically make them a better quarterback. Guess what? The most physically gifted quarterback in the NFL is going to be in Philadelphia tomorrow. And it's not Jalen Hurts. Um, but nobody's talking about Anthony Richardson as the best quarterback in the NFL because it would be ludicrous to say that. Right. But just from a physical standpoint, he might be the most physically gifted quarterback that's ever arrived in this league from a traits and measurable standpoint. Right. Um, if you look at, you know, I'm just bringing up his, his, his pre-draft stuff, uh, six, four, two forty four. And he runs a four four three at that size with a forty and a half vertical uh, leap that's, and a and a ten nine broad jump. That's Cam Newton stuff, like geez. ten and ten and a half uh, ha- hand. Um, everything he's made everything from a physical standpoint. Um, Anthony Richardson has not a better quarterback than. Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or any of the young Trevor Lawrence, throw him in there. Right. right. I mean, there's more to it. Right. And by the way, you bring up Cam Newton, who's tremendous. That's what I'm talking about. Tremendous physical gifts. Richardson blows him out of the water. Um, that that That's the most gifted quarterback from a trait standpoint ever in the NFL. 244, yeah. 443. He's gotten bigger, I heard. I heard. I heard he's put on more more size. Like, and it's ridiculous. You know, look, I always say, you know, and, and we can put a button on this topic uh, before we close the show. I mean, I, I always say, I don't care how far you can throw the ball. I don't care how much velocity you throw it with. The bottom line is, can you get the ball from point A to point B? Can you move the chains? Can you be efficient? Can you protect the ball? Can you can you make quick can you make quick decisions? Yeah, can you not panic I mean, in the pocket. It's things you can't measure. Is what I'm saying. So like, I it's, forget. It's, it's, you know, somebody brought up Pickens in Pittsburgh. I forget who it was and said the same thing. He's more talented. He's more gifted than Justin Jefferson. He is not a better receiver. It works at every position. I right. mean, if it were as easy as just pick the most. Uh, physically gifted guy it'd be really easy to draft and ain't that tom brady's the best quarterback who ever lived aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback um from a performance standpoint from an arm talent standpoint um there's more to it than um, we see dan marino a guy who just couldn't get over the hump and he had all the talent in the world yeah, arm talent. But you know, when we talk about the modern game and the and the guys who, who have movement skills and all that, Justin Fields is right there with Lamar Jackson as maybe the best running quarterback I've ever seen. And um uh maybe Anthony Richardson joins them quickly, but from a processing standpoint, Justin Fields has got a long, long way to go. Uh, he he was so slow getting his you know making his decisions uh, seeing him live and Jalen has become 
he likes to call himself a triple threat because he takes mm-hmm. more pride in that than than his uh, physical uh, uh, skills. Um, they're not even the same stratosphere. Mm. Mm. On that note, John, let's begin to close this show out. So can you walk us through uh, what you may have coming up for jacobsports.com and si.com uh, from, a, from a project standpoint? And also, can you walk us through what's next for the, what's next for the Philadelphia Eagles on their training camp schedule? Well, next is Shane Steichen coming in tomorrow uh, morning for joint practice. Only one joint practice in advance of the game on Thursday. Um yeah, good, good to see Shane. Good guy. Tremendous offensive coordinator uh, for this team. Obviously, that's why he got a head coaching job. Um, and some controversy with the Jonathan Taylor stuff. And now he's coming here. Who Uncertainty at running back. So I'm going to have to deal with that nonsense <laughs> uh, over the next 24 hours. Hashtag no. Keep it going. Uh, tone to Shields. Um, I got now, you. I got you. Jonathan Taylor is not coming here. I'm not interested, um, you guys. Just let you know, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, he is going to cost significant, uh, not only money, but also assets to acquire him. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we know how the Eagles feel about the running back position. Not that he's not a great player. Not that he couldn't help the Eagles. He's one of the best running backs in football. That's just not the way they do business. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so that is the big news coming up tomorrow. Cut down day a week from tomorrow. All of that. Uh, working on the James Bradbury getting slot reps, which was interesting. Sean Desai throws everything at the wall. Um, so I give him credit. I do give Sean Desai credit for that because, you know, I think a lot of people, I was looking this up today because of Bradbury. Same thing with Reddick last year dropping in the coverage you would hear the fans say you can't drop Hassan Reddick in the coverage he drops in the coverage every year multiple times it right. James Bradbury has played in the slot I think the number was 35 times a year seven seasons mm. so you know that's not a lot it's really but, not in the grand scheme of things it's like an average no. of two times per game but defensive football is not rigid um it it's it's weighted if you're an outside quarter corner, the best majority of the, of the time you're going to play outside. But there are times, as Jim Schwartz says, defense is reactionary. Sometimes they're going to force you to go in the slot and you're going to play in the slot. So I give Sean Desai some credit. Um, you know, why not throw a rep out there or two and get ready for it? There you have it, you guys. You guys have been locked in on football 24-7 with John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. Please smash that like button. Make sure you guys are always subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You guys don't want to miss some of the best sports content out there on the market, in the Philadelphia market, in the tri-state. We're, we're giving you guys so much great content on top of that. It doesn't matter where you are, really. If you're an Eagles fan across the country, if you're in New Zealand, if you're in Africa, wherever you are, you can lock in on Jacob Sports and jacobsports.com. And also you can lock in on John McMullen on jacobsports.com and on si.com as well. Again, smash that like button, stay engaged. Make sure you check John McMullen out. And also his his right-hand man, Jody Mack, on Birds 365 at 8 a.m. Eastern time. 
Also check out Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis on Sports Take at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And then you can check out the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Cilio on the National Football Show at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We got you guys stacked. Again, this is Football 24-7. He's John McMullen. I'm your guy, Tony. It's just a second. And we're out here, you guys. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.